0: Hello everyone and welcome to the College Unlocked podcast where we are here to demystify the college application and college admission processes. We are your hosts, Alice and Jordana, and we're going to go ahead and help you unlock your college potential.
1: Let's get started.
0: Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the College Unlocked podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about how to make an enrollment decision based on the admissions that students have received throughout the winter and spring. You know, last October, last November, last
1: December, you and your student or your students, you know, you, the student, hit that submit button. And there was a lot of angst and nervousness about that. And probably the last few months, have felt like a roller coaster assuming that you haven't submitted early decision and you got a positive decision of early decision so your decision's done so we're looking at everybody else who is still looking at early action regular decision you may still even be waiting for your regular decision depending on the timing of when you're listening to this Uh, but it's okay to acknowledge the roller coaster that the last few months have been every time that email has come or you've heard the decision has been released. It's been nerve-wracking, I'm sure, to wait and see, did you get in, did you not get in? And it's okay to mourn those decisions that didn't go the way you wanted them to go. What it's important to do now, though, is mourn that decision and put it aside. That was your past, it's time to look to your future. So you need to look at the places where you've gotten a positive decision and start looking at what positive impact you are going to make on campus and the campus is going to make on you. It is also really important that you not count on those deferrals or wait lists so in other words if you've been waitlisted at school don't say well that's my first choice school and i'm done that school is not yet a positive decision for you so you need to be working in that state of reality that talks about positive decisions that you've gotten thus far celebrate those not everyone has gotten into any of the all of those schools so it's time for you to celebrate parents let go of that big sticker that's going to go back in the car That's you know, you're know bragging rights and start bragging about the school that your student has gotten into and they're about to choose. So now it's time to start looking toward that future, toward how what you're going to make of that life to do it. And we've got a number of steps we want to go through in making that decision. I think the first one to look at is to, since I said let go of that status of that sticker, is to also not get hung up on the difference of rankings start talking about schools Uh, the reality is the difference between a college ranked 40 and a college ranked 80 or a college ranked 100 and a college ranked 140 are really little tiny um adjustments they're not big massive changes and a lot of the times those rankings are done on things that have absolutely nothing to do with on-campus experience but are really done on You know popularity contests amongst others we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about rankings today because frankly uh there's others that have done it way better than we did we've talked about if you haven't heard one of our other podcasts talk about the Malcolm gladwell presentation on why rankings shouldn't matter please go listen to those because they really talk about it excellently but i don't want you to get stuck get hung up on that what i want you to focus instead are the things that really matter. What are the academic offerings? What is the affordability? What is the location? What about housing? We're gonna have a real discussion about housing today. Student diversity and extracurricular opportunities. And I think the very first thing we need to talk about is affordability.
0: Yep, and affordability is something that's really important. And it is time, um, and quite frankly, might even be a little overdue in some families timeline to have discussion about what is affordable. But it is time to have a frank conversation about what is realistically affordable for you, your student, your family. And I know we've talked about, you know, what budgeting looks like and how that contributes to, you know, being college capable. Uh, and so again, you know, go back and listen to that episode if you haven't done so already. But um, it is really important to be on the same page about what affordability looks like and how that factors into making that enrollment decision, right? Um, When you get your decisions in hand in any uh, financial aid letters or scholarship letters, money becomes very real very quickly. And understanding, you know, how to navigate those conversations and make decisions that are going to set you up for, you know, if that means the least amount of debt or the best opportunities or finding more scholarship money if that's a possibility, or understanding what the net cost of each school is going to look like. Those are lots of points that are important to consider, right? Um, You should also be operating under the mindset that college might take you five years to graduate. So what is that additional year going to cost, right? And it could be for five years for your undergraduate degree, it could be a four plus one where you're spending an additional year pursuing masters either way there will be a cost affiliated with that additional year and as far as the budget's concerned you need to be aware of that right many of our
1: families will say at the beginning when we talk about affordability oh have them get in whatever affordability isn't an issue so, and here's what we find yeah at that discussion two years before three years before when they're a first year student or a sophomore in high school you're right m- affordability. Isn't the main issue that many of our families, and honestly, we do work with some very privileged families that that are able to say affordability is an issue. For many of us, it is. Um, I will tell you that, uh, frankly, I told my kids I did not love them. Sixty-five—that's sixty-five thousand $65, dollars. Now it's eighty thousand dollars plus. You know, they needed to. They knew from the very beginning that applying to a school with that high price tag was going to be an issue unless there was scholarship money. And in some cases, the scholarship money came through, and in some cases, it didn't. But what I do find for families who say money isn't an object to start with, that when they actually see those offers in hand, money becomes an object. So students, this is directed to you. Your parent in all absolute honesty said to you, affordability wasn't an issue. Until they saw that $100,000, that $25,000 a year scholarship, that change the price from one school to be a hundred
0: thousand dollars cheaper than another, then affordability is an issue. And this is especially, oh sorry, Um, uh, what I was going to also add to this is that this is also an important point to add if you have any siblings, right? Affordability might not necessarily be an issue this year, but next year when your sibling is also going through the college application process and eventually there'll be two in at the same time, that's going to be a different conversation as well. So and guess
1: what? The price of the school does not speak to the quality of your education. This is the most important thing to to consider when we're looking at that. So One hundred thousand dollars is a down payment on a house. One hundred thousand dollars is a master's degree and half of a medical degree. So please don't look at the price of the school and say it is. It is okay to say we cannot afford to do this and to move on. What is more important? is to find out what's important to you, to create a list of things that are important. You know, create a spreadsheet that has a, a everything that is important to you in terms of that. So come at, some of the things that we want you to look at is, um, is there a direct admission into your major or not? This has become a trend over the last few years, and we'll be talking about it a lot in future podcasts, but some schools will offer you a pre-admission or they're gonna offer you into an undeclared, opportunity when you haven't said you're undeclared right if you said you've undeclared great go into an undeclared program but what we're starting to see is for example at University of Colorado Boulder or Purdue University that you're instead of being offered direct entry into an engineering or computer science program you're offered a pre-admission uh, either into one of those programs as a pre which means you're going to compete to get into the actual program or you've been offered uh, exploratory studies which is undeclared and then you have to actually also look at competing to get into that program and by competing i mean a specific gpa and specific course requirements so one of the most important things to look at is it a direct admission into that major Uh, we also have to look at is there a special program that you've been offered is it an honors college is it a bfa program or some other performance type program is it a program that has very very limited it might be a, a a multi major and interdisciplinary major, which is a very small number of admittances If you've been admitted into those programs, you also want to look at what special requirements those programs have for admission. It may be that you need to make a decision earlier. They're going to ask that earlier. Um, it used to be that all decisions were made first, and then once the um, not regulation over the rules that NAPDAC had, NAPDAC sets all the rules for ethics uh, for universities a lot of those rulings were let go of uh, now it's not uncommon to ask to have these things done earlier so you need to look at what happens with that earlier you need to look at what are the specific general general education requirements or academic clusters that are those things you're interested in are they very tight like at uh, the Honors College at, at Oregon which is the Clark Honors College has a very very prescribed set of coursework versus a program like at Brown where you can basically take any course you want for your general ed. How is your general education and where do you want to do that? Is the program that you're looking at have good academic standing or advising?
0: In addition to the general education requirements and what does your curriculum actually look like, if you have the, if you've had the opportunity to take AP. And IB courses, or any college dual enrollment, concurrent enrollment, college coursework outside of your high school, how do those credits also factor in to how you're progressing along your degree path? Right? How many of those general education requirements have you already earned credit for from taking those classes during your time in high school? Um, so those, that's another another point to consider. Um, going back really quickly to to the programs of interest as well. Um, If at any point you are considering exploring another field or maybe changing your mind about your major, what are the opportunities to do that and what is the process to do that uh, at the schools that you're considering? Is it easy to change your major if you ever change your mind and your academic interests? Is it easy to add another program? How um, simple or complicated is it to switch majors across colleges if you have a total change of heart, right? these are all things and by
1: that you, colleges we mean the act within the with university. university yep not going to another school yep. and this really is very important because 50 percent of all american students change their major at least once yep. and 80 percent consider changing their major at least once so it's very important that you consider that you also have to start looking at while you're on campus what supports do they have for you are you a student who has learning differences and need learning support are you a student with a disabilities and you need some sort of support in getting around campus but also what kind of support are they going to give you towards your chosen career as part of that now there certainly is a debate about is school just for the academics or is school to prepare you for a career but the reality is most of us are going to have to go to work after we graduate college so what do they have in terms of experiential learning while you're at campus? Do they offer internships or co-ops? Do they offer research if that's the appropriate thing? What's the career center like? What is the alumni network like? What do they offer out, you know, if you're going to be going someplace far from home, what do they offer that's far from home that you could possibly do back home in terms of those things? Uh, Which also leads me into the next one, which is how easy is it to get back and forth to campus? What's the weather like? What's the location like? Now we're based in California and some of our California students have never seen snow, have never been in snow. They're looking at Syracuse University. There's a lot of snow and a lot of cold in Syracuse. So is that something they're going to be happy with? Or are you going to be okay in Oregon where it rains a lot if you're used to a lot of sunshine? So location, ease of getting to and from campus, cost of getting to and from campus. Of course, what is the size of the school? What are the class sizes? Hopefully you've looked at a lot of that before you applied so that you have a, diff- you have a good idea that that would be okay. But you also want to look at when you're, when you're on campus, what is there available for you to do? And what is there available to do when you're off campus? How safe is the neighborhood? Where is it going? Which leads us to getting on campus. And here's where we really want you to spend your time at this point making some decisions about what
0: you want to do. Yep, and there's a variety of offerings that schools provide for admitted students to get them onto campus and have sort of a day in the life of experience before they make that enrollment choice. Many schools offer admitted student days or preview type days where they give you tours and have faculty panels. and have academic resources like academic advising and career services and student involvement and all of that kind of good stuff available for admitted students and their families to ask questions before they make that decision. Some schools also offer the ability to sit in on classes. So if you're a student and you have that option, I would highly recommend it if you have the time and the ability to do so, because it gives you a little preview of, you know, what college classrooms might look like, not only from the physical layout of the classroom space, but also understanding, you know, how professors teach. Now, obviously, this would be a one-time experience, so this is not the, the only way for a student to, you know, fully understand what a college classroom might look like. But it definitely can help um, in giving you an idea of what that day-to-day like experience is going to be. Um, One of the
1: biggest challenges, of course, is when they start getting competing logistics. Yes, because everyone wants you to come while you're on your spring break, so you can spend time to do that. And you're gonna end up with one, two, or three schools that are all going to have their admitted students' day at the same time. Yep. And deciding can be somewhat challenging in what to do.
0: Yep. So, this was the, this is exactly what happened to me. The top two schools I was deciding between um, when I was admitted to college uh, had their admitted student days on the same day. Um, and so I decided to, I went to one of them. Um, and the other one, I was lucky lucky enough to have you know a connection with a current student who was at that institution and I asked if I could stay with them for a day. She took me to her classes and I got to experience a day in the life from that perspective. It was not an official visit by any means. It was not a program um, that was offered, but many schools do have um, multiple different offerings at different times so that students can pick the one that will work best with their schedule. If not, uh, if there's only one opportunity for multiple schools and they fall on the same day, this is where students should feel comfortable reaching out to admissions. Let them know that they'd love to visit, but have a conflict on admitted student day. What other opportunities are there to visit campus, to connect with current students, to potentially sit down on a class, right? Um, Even if it's not an official program the school offers, you never know what's available unless you ask. Um, So make sure that you are reaching out to those resources if you can
1: one of my favorite ways to do that is to go eat the cafeteria and hang out with student union and frankly eavesdrop really listen to and look at what's going on around you so are there visible clicks or do groups seem integrated are students wearing proudly their school their school sweatshirts Uh, are they grabbing and going or are they staying and gabbing are they looking at are they talking about the school environment are they talking about their lives i distinctly remember when we took a visit to a particular school that was known as a party school on a monday morning sitting in eavesdropping way back when when jordana was looking at college uh, on a monday morning and what we heard in the cafeteria was a lot of talk about party and not much talk about the academics and for us that made the decision for Jordana very easily that that wasn't the right school Uh, as opposed to the second school we visited, where we heard groups talking about uh, the classwork they were taking, they were talking about the programs they were doing, they were talking about things. And here is your chance to start to, uh, if you're shy, break out of your shell, and if you're outgoing, to take advantage of that. Go talk to those students, ask them about their school, their major, what they like and what they dislike. Many of them are very happy to share, they're excited, to be proud of where they're going so we really want them to, we really want you as much as possible to talk in that environment and see does this feel like home to you uh, it's really important to start writing all this down especially if you've got two three four hopefully more schools to decide from you know one or two are pretty easy but if you're going to do a whirlwind spring break of five schools jot down your thoughts jot down those uh, pros and cons there's Uh, a lot of information that you'll want to go back and talk about after that visit to be able to look at it.
0: And what I've found in my experience, not only, you know, feeling this myself when I was looking at schools, but from the students I've been able to work with as well, there is an indescribable feeling where a student feels at home. They walk on campus and it is a gut instinct that they feel Like the opportunities are the right ones for them. They feel the community is the right one for them. They feel that they're going to be supported in the ways that they need to be. And, you know, I was lucky enough to find that at two schools, which made my decision really, really hard. Um, But they will be able to trust their gut and their instinct to make sure that they are making the right decision in that moment for themselves. Right. And if there's anything that they need to talk through in order to to get to that decision-making point um, you know point them to their school counselor point them to a trusted teacher if they have a counselor like us we are always here to help as well Um, so make sure that students have a place to express those thoughts and feelings if they need to um, in a way that won't be clouded by another person's judgment right? If it's just that they need to think through their own decision-making process and vocalize that process to a trusted source, this is the time for them to do that before families spend thousands of dollars submitting deposits and doing, you know, all the information to get your tuition in line in the billing office and all that kind of stuff. So, um, or even simply buying the sweatshirt, right? Um, Before you invest in a lot of those pieces, um, make sure that students feel confident in, in all of their thoughts and feelings.
1: I think one of the things that we want to talk about and we want to highlight out of this is really the housing yes you really need to talk about not just your housing for freshman year that's really easy 99 percent of class schools will offer or require you to live on campus first year what we're starting to see in a significant way are housing issues in second third and fourth years so one of the things you need to think about is does the school guarantee housing for all four years if the school does not guarantee housing for all four years how easy is it to find off-campus housing if housing isn't available how how inexpensive or expensive how does that change the budget for years two three and four to be able to do that and what's the process for being able to both apply to housing on campus for those later years and do the backup of founding housing one of the challenges when you look at off-campus housing is it's no longer a nine-month commitment or an in-school commitment it is often a 12-month commitment a year-round commitment so you need to also understand what that means for students coming home over summer what that means for jobs what it means for internships if it's not if it's a place that it's not has does not have easily accessible internships of, of or work experiences available for the summer. We're, see, we're starting to see this pop up uh, many, many campuses. Nationwide, this is not a localized issue. It is not a private school versus public school issue. We've seen issues at University of Tampa over the last couple of years, small private school. We've seen issues at large public universities uh, like UCLA when it comes to housing, that entire spectrum of schools so making sure that you check to make sure there will be a home at your home for those four years is really critical as well
0: and that's a great point um and housing of course is is a huge one to consider but just a reminder and i know this i I hope that this doesn't add unnecessary pressure but this is not a next year commitment this is a next four year commitment right which is why it is so important to think through every single piece of the puzzle. Um, especially housing, especially affordability, especially academics, um, because you are making that four-year commitment. um, And so understanding how all of those ducks fall in a row, that's gonna be the right fit for students is really, really important. Um, The other piece to consider is making sure that you are following deadlines, not just the May 1st deadline, but every subsequent deadline over the summer to register for Um, You know, orientation dates or getting your move in date or filling out your health forms for the university. Any deadline is very, very important. So once you do make that commitment to the school of your choice, that's the right fit for you. Continue to keep an eye on your email because deadlines are only going to become more important.
1: It's also so so we get a lot of questions about this too. Well, I'm waitlisted at a school. What if I come off the waitlist, should I wait to make my decision? i'm really kind of i'm still kind of deciding between option a and option b can i deposit it both and then make a decision later we can you can only deposit at one school at a time that is not one school for the rest of your life but one school at a time so for example if you're being pressured by a university into making that decision early and you haven't even heard yet from all your other universities you should consider whether you choose to make a deposit which you may lose if you choose to attend another school so make that deposit and withdraw now this isn't to game the system where i'm going to make a deposit at one then fiddle around and make a deposit in another we're talking about legitimate reasons for that which could be that you're waitlisted it could be that a particular program requires you to go before you've heard from your other universities it could be that in order to secure housing you need to do that you need to apply for, or not apply, but register and, and, and gain that admittance. Understand that if you choose to do that, you may lose that deposit that you're putting in. Those deposits can be between $50 and $500. So you really need to carefully consider your budget. It also doesn't mean that you are now stuck with that if you come off a wait list, if another program that you didn't expect to, to happen comes through, if a scholarship that you didn't know is available suddenly becomes available we've seen as we've gotten closer to the may 1st deadlines we often see additional scholarship information come up also so is there a science to this where you can check it off and say no it is really much like everything else we talked about a fit is it the right fit for you and is it the right place for you what we wish for you is to have that four-year experience on that campus which is the right fit for you regardless of the name brand, regardless of its location, but very much regarding its affordability.
0: And Hollis wrote an article about this exact same process as well, things to consider, links to spreadsheets, links to scorecards on how to rank criteria that's important to you. And we will go ahead and link that article in the show notes as well so you have access to that.
1: We actually have two. We have one that was written uh, in the Tom Cair and one that was published with Big Retired Life. So wherever we have references like that, we're happy to do that. You. absolutely
0: um thank you for tuning in this time and we will catch you on the next episode thank you so much for tuning in to the college unlocked podcast for more information on college unlocked and our services as independent educational consultants please visit us at collegeunlocked.com thank you and we'll see you next time